Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rural Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. You know those situations when you're feeling so pumped about rural life that you're trying to convince urban cousins or colleagues about the benefits of it all? Well, we found a group of medical students who are kind of doing that, but about rural practice. They're working to share their passion for rural practice with their urban counterparts. These medical trainees are part of a student committee from medical schools across Ontario that uses videos, events, and social media to extol the benefits of small-town practice and, hopefully, help address the doctor shortage in rural Canada. We have Kathleen Walsh, who's currently doing her residency and is a member of the Northern Ontario Rural Medicine Committee, with us to share their story. Hello, Kathleen, and welcome to Rural Spark. Hi, Helen. So Kathleen, we're really interested to hear about this, you know, effort of current students who are, have a focus on, on rural medicine in medical school, um, trying to spread that word. But uh, first, let's talk about your own interest. Where does your own interest in rural medicine come from? So I grew up in a rural area in southwestern Ontario in a, in a small town called Port Elgin, beachside community surrounded by farm country. And when I was in high school, I had a family member that became quite ill and required a lot of medical care at that time. And seeing their care unfold in a rural setting got me, first of all, interested in medicine, but also kind of highlighted to me some of the challenges of accessing care in a rural area. We'd often have to travel down to the urban centers to get specialist care, and just the resources weren't localized. So kind of that sparked my interest in one medicine, and then two, rural medicine, and to kind of set up my trajectory going forward. Terrific. And where are you at now on that path? You're at the Northern Ontario School of Medicine. How far along are you there? So I just graduated from Northern Ontario School of Medicine or NASA in June and I started family medicine residency and now I'm in my first year. It's still at, in North Bay through NASA. Terrific. Well, tell us about this students committee that I've heard about recently. There's actually a group of students that's working to kind of amplify that kind of opportunity in in, uh, practice, in um, residencies, that kind of thing in in rural communities across Canada. What's the committee called? And and tell us a little bit about how it got going. Yeah, so the committee is called the Northern Ontario and Rural Medicine Committee. And we're situated under the Ontario Medical Students Association. So we're a small small group of students within that larger organization. And it's mostly focused on sharing resources and and, um, opportunities with Ontario medical students. But I think a lot of our resources are applicable to students across Canada. And as we've even seen, um, students from different parts of the world have even utilized some of our resources that we've created. So the committee was started about five years ago by students that were kind of realizing two things. So the first was that there were students mostly at the urban schools that were interested in rural medicine, and they really didn't um, kind of know where to turn or didn't have the the community to, to further that interest. And then second, it was also set up to help uh, students at the Northern Ontario School of Medicine who are a little bit isolated geographically from the other schools to help them attend conferences and other activities in the urban centers. So, for example, um, like if there's a conference down in Toronto for most of the other schools, it's they can just take an afternoon to, to take the train or bus, whereas if like you're up in Thunder Bay, and you want to go to a conference in Toronto, like you're going to have to book a lot of time off and um, pay for flights and stuff like that. So those were kind of the two main aims of the committee. And that's kind of what we're continuing. 
And it's not as simple as we might think, like those of us who are on the outside of the medical community and medical education, we might think that, you know, a student could just say, hey, I think I'm interested in rural practice, sign me up. It's not quite that straightforward. There are still some complexities to how to go about that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think just like kind of trying to get into any type of field or network, it's you got to kind of um, understand the lay of the land, um, kind of network and kind of see kind of the rules for for that particular field. And I think rural medicine is the same. And that if you're kind of outside that, if you don't have connections, then maybe you're going to miss opportunities. They, They might not be super well publicized because it's kind of tends to be like a smaller niche group. So for example, I can just give myself, I went to like an urban school for my undergrad. And at that time, I, I knew I was kind of interested in rural medicine, even though like I wasn't in medical school yet, but I'd wanted to do research and stuff like that. And lots of my friends were also interested in medicine, but really they were, they were from urban areas and they, I don't, I don't think I ever met anyone that was interested in rural medicine. So there was no one kind of for me to chat with those ideas and they wouldn't have had opportunities to share with me. And if I found stuff, I didn't, I couldn't share with anyone else. So going to NASA was like really incredible because all of a sudden there were so many students around me that were interested in rural medicine. And we had um, um, professors and physicians we were working with who could be excellent mentors and point me in the right direction. And um, just things that you would just hear kind of around you. We try to create that type of atmosphere within our committee um, to kind of give people the inside scoop to those things as all of us are kind of spread across the province and we have our ear to the ground in different locations. And that's kind of that's kind of the goal there. Terrific. And, you know, the medical students that I've met in the past, they're pretty busy, like your schedule is busy, um, you know, trying to do other things outside of the coursework. It, it strikes me that, you know, how is it that a group of students are carving out time for this? I mean, to volunteer for this kind of effort, it must be a real passion for, you know, yourself and, and others who are on the committee. It's for sure a passion. And like, we have such incredible members of our team. Uh, I can't say enough of good things. They, they're they so creative and have such great ideas. But I think kind of the, the interest of why we want to put some time to this kind of is twofold. So the first is as physicians and ourselves in our training, we have um, one of our key roles is advocacy. And that is, that's laid out to us by the Royal College of Physicians that one of the CanMed roles is as, as, as an advocate. And we see that in many parts of our daily life as a physician. So this kind of advocacy factor, I think, is, is important for rural medicine as many of these areas are underserved. And then kind of from a selfish selfish point for me, I, I come from an area that's underserved as well. And my, I hope I kind of hoped by just like in a small way that I could encourage people to kind of consider rural medicine and then maybe my community wouldn't be so underserved so that I wouldn't have to worry about my friends and family getting the care they need when when they need it. The second aspect is I think just, um, I think there's such a joy in helping other students that are in our positions. I think, especially as you, you go through the years of medical school, like, and looking back and you're like, oh, it's like only somebody had told me this, like it would have made a world of a difference. And I think we all feel that as we go through and we, we love to share our experiences just to help someone else out. So, um, I think, I think that, I think that's kind of the second reason we, we just want, we want, do you want to help other students and then kind of on top? Like another point to that is medicine is kind of going in a direction of more specialization. Um, So that's kind of we see that a lot in in the hospitals, in our clinics. 
But rural medicine is actually kind of the opposite of that, in that it's more about a courage of generalism, having a broad set of skills and knowledge. And um, I think it's it's good to connect with other students and, and let them know that it's okay to to have that general knowledge and like you don't need to specialize. Um, so I think that's kind of the other the other reason to re really help support the other students that we, we kind of enjoy. Terrific. So there's some barriers, some maybe misunderstandings that you have to break down there. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell us about some of the things, uh, some examples of, of work that the committee has, has been doing to achieve these goals. Uh, I did stumble upon recently a, a video. It's kind of like a testimonial, right, of, of a student who's doing a rural placement. This one was in Inverness in Cape Breton. So it's, it's not just the catchment area for an awesome that you're talking about there. Can you tell us a little bit more about those activities? Yeah, so I think what you're referring to there is our rural residence spotlight. So after you do medical school, the next step is called residency. And at that point, we kind of specialize um, into different fields. So you might specialize as a, a specific type of surgeon or as a family doctor. In Canada, we're kind of, it's kind of cool that we have these rural residency programs. So it's a family med program that's based in a rural area. And there's an emphasis on generalism which is maybe a little different than family medicine in some of the urban settings. So we are kind of trying to show students that like, we're trying to catch them that like, you're interested in rural medicine, you're in medical school, awesome. This is the next step that you might want to consider. And this is somebody who's doing it and this is their experience. So that's what we were kind of showing there. Some of the other projects that we've led, we showcase some rural physicians in different parts of Ontario, showing what their everyday looks like and of giving passing on some pearls of wisdom from them. We created a rural electives guide. Sarah Hyatt um, did a really good job kind of gathering all the information from across Ontario for so students can understand how to get into rural placements, who do you contact, what are the things you should know, how far in advance should you be booking things, small details like that. We also have whole different events, which are mo which are all pretty much all online. Um, so, for example, um, Sarah Yeo and um, Jane Loof have have really headed us in kind of our um, indigenous activities. So we had like an indigenous healing presentation um, about traditional medicines and whatnot. So, so those are kind of the, we we're pretty varied in what we do, and we try to promote ourselves quite a bit on social media, um, given that rural medicine is so spread out. And I, th I think that's how you found us as well. Exactly, exactly right. And my where I come from in rural Nova Scotia, I've been involved in recent years in developing some marketing materials because, of course, there's a doctor shortage there, right? As as many rural places across Canada, so I've been involved in a little bit about how we want a message to try to attract doctors. Now, in in the case of rural Nova Scotia, of course, the beautiful landscape, uh, the friendly communities—that's a big part of the marketing to try to attract to that lifestyle. Uh, how do you see some of those some of those selling points that? that rural communities are really um, can amplify and, and the work that you're doing to try to say, this is a really good quality of life for uh, a medical practitioner. So do you know, Helen, that's something I think about a lot because I think about my community. And as you said, like it's your, like your community, our community is beautiful. And I'm just like, why would anyone not want to work here? Mm. So I've been really thinking about this a lot. I think for promoting real practice comes down to two things. So it's that work-life balance. So the life part, as you said, is like promoting like these beautiful areas of the world and just often the sense of community that's there. And you, you really get to know people, which can be beautiful as both an individual. And if you're bringing a family to the community, that can be really nice as well, I think. 
The second aspect is that work part. So the work in rural areas is quite diverse. For me, that is both really exciting, maybe a little terrifying, but it's it's so um, interesting every day. You get to touch on every aspect of medicine, you, depending on where you're working. So like a lot of communities, you'll be not only doing clinic, you'll be also be working in eMERGE, you'll be seeing the in-hospital patients, and you might even be delivering babies. And like you can't get any more diverse than that. And it's really, um, when I think about my, ch- my childhood self or thinking about what does a doctor do, a doctor is all those things. Um, so I, th- I think those are kind of the two key things that can really attract people to rural medicine. But of course, you have to be the, the right person as well. And now it's time for a quick mention of our sponsor, ExploreNet. They're fighting to conquer Canada's vast geography and connect rural Canadians to what matters. And they've been doing it since they were founded in Woodstock, New Brunswick, more than 15 years ago. So whether you just need a fast, reliable rural internet connection, or you're looking for more services like a home phone, ExploreNet can help. Learn more at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I remember we were promoting too was that you have these great experiences of kind of doing everything and it can be exhausting, but also just so enriching. But this, you know, the specialists are only a phone call away, right? The regional hospital that has uh, all the expertise you might need in special cases, you're never really alone. And, and I think, you know, what the pandemic has shown us too is just how connected we are with telehealth and other things so that hopefully that's the best of both worlds, right? That you have all those resources, just a click away, um, but you have that rural experience and that breadth of practice. Yeah, so that's true. Um, And I think everywhere in Canada probably does it a little differently. So certainly like in Ontario and the rural communities I've been, if there's kind of complicated cases, we're calling a specialist in an urban centre and they'll either guide us through the care for the patient and then they'll maybe follow up with them on a different day or then we start arranging for transport to an urban center. And that aspect of is quite unique to rural practice. And it, it, can, be, it can be challenging um, at times um, because ultimately the care of that patient like, is, is, under, is under you and you might not have the settings or you might, and you might not have the tools maybe to help them in that moment. Plus, as you probably know in Nova Scotia, the weather doesn't always cooperate. So if you're wanting to transport people, um, you're hoping for a, a nice clear day, which you don't always get. So um, certainly it's, yeah, it's great that you have access to specialists and stuff like that, but I think communicating with them properly and arranging all those transports is a skill in of itself that's uh, unique, to, unique to rural medicine. Terrific. And, you know, we've talked on the podcast with uh, different people uh, with experts and expertise in this area about how we kind of try to solve this problem of a shortage of practitioners in rural Canada. What do we know about the difference it makes when medical students actually get exposure to rural practice like what you're encouraging? So there's been lots of studies out there from around the world that have looked at this question. You you can break it down into um, different parts. So the first is what types of experiences are the students getting? And some studies have looked at like what we think of as placement. So they're in a rural area working in family practice. The experience might also be like a rural medicine interest group. And I think kind of our committee would almost kind of fall under that. We're a group of students that are doing rural related activities. Or is it just, is it a kind of an exposure week, a discovery week, as one of the organizations in Ontario organizes, um, an organization called ROMP? So that, that's the first question. What, what type of experience are the students getting? And a lot of studies say that any of these types of experiences do seem to give students like a positive uh, perception of rural practice. 
So then the more studies like start to look at that a little closer. So of specifically like say rural placements, like what are the factors of the placements that we should consider? So some factors might be like the length of the experience. So we know that if there's, if the students have a, a longer experience in a rural area, they may be more likely to practice in a rural area. So um, for example, in an awesome, we've had we've had lots of rural placements. So in our second year, we do two one month placements. So that's four weeks each in a rural area. But then in our third year, we spent seven to eight months in a community. So I was in more of like a small to medium sized communities, but some students are in rural or remote areas for that time. And, and that really immerses you in the community. And there's lots of advantages to that, that I'll, I'll speak to. Some of the other factors the studies have looked at are things like, did the student voluntarily go in the placement or was were they forced to go in that placement? And uh, for us at NAWSOM, we were able to rank the sites that we went to. And I, that was something I really appreciated. So even as someone interested in rural medicine and all rural communities are the same, and I was looking for some things that other people not, might not be looking for. So for me, for example, I, I don't really love driving, <laughs> yeah. um, which seems maybe like a small thing. And maybe if you have listeners over in Europe, they're thinking, oh, like an hour or two, like that might be a long drive. But when we're talking about Northern Ontario, we're talking about like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours. Um, and the ten hour, eight to ten hour range was, was too long for me. So I'd want to be in a community closer. So to voluntarily choose where I was going, I would end up in a place that I was already at a starting point where I was much happier. And so some of the studies suggest that if that's kind of the case, that that's going to give like students a more positive perspective, as you would expect. There's also some other kind of interesting factors that kind of seem to impact students' desire to, to work in a rural practice based on their placements. And those are small details such as like, did the student have a, like an overall positive experience in the community? And factors such as like mentorship or the student feeling useful may, make a big impact. So when we talk about exposing students to rural practice, sometimes it's not as simple as just we got to get a, a student in a rural area and just kind of leave it be and that's going to make all the difference the quality of the placements and i guess the quantity in terms of the weeks also seems to matter but i guess overall um most of the studies um are varied in like their their effect and it's, it's kind of hard to quantify all this mm. and really ultimately a lot of the the, the summaries of most of these types of papers is that's a combination of factors related to the, the placements that, that make the difference and that's kind of hard to quantify yeah so I guess I guess kind of um, my my thought about the rural placements is why they're so important is you got if you have a student that's from a rural background or has rural interests which we know are factors that influence their future practice you got to kind of cultivate that and you can cultivate that through the rural experiences so it's like if you, you put a seed in the ground if you don't give it water and sunlight it's not going to, to grow one thing I'm wondering about is, you know, I've seen rural communities mobilize to welcome a new doctor. Very exciting times when you're successful in all those recruiting efforts. Uh, do you think there's a role for communities to play too when students are coming in, especially for those longer placements? Like you said, some of them through NOSM are seven or eight months. Does the, is the community have a role to play maybe in welcoming that medical student and helping to make them feel, feel welcome? Is that something that's a good investment of time? Absolutely. And like, I don't, it doesn't need to be like over the top, but I can just give an example. So I went to Manitoulin Island, um, which is in Northern Ontario, I think largest freshwater body island in the world. 
And that community did such a great job of welcoming us as medical students. So like we were only um, in our second year medical students. Realistically, we probably, we weren't really that useful. We were there for learning, but the community gave us um, kind of a welcome basket when we arrived. The, the housing was set up and it was beautiful. And then the physicians would for each of my placements, they'd hold an event in which all the other medical students would gather together and we would um, maybe do like a skills day or we'd go to their house for dinner. And when I think back to my experience there, it's those experiences that really stand out. And then when I'd go to clinic the next day, I was like, I really felt more a part of the team. And I felt I kind of understood the area a little better. I understood my patients a little better, why, why they lived here and why they loved it. So um, absolutely, I, I think the communities can do a lot there. And I, I think most communities naturally probably do a lot of these things. Mm. And, and just it's important to know that they, what they're doing is important. Right. And of course, rural communities are known for being very friendly and close knit. So so that always helps. And even if you yourself don't end up going back to practice in that that community, you have such a good impression of it, right, that you become a bit of a champion for for practice in that area in your in your medical career when you're talking to others, right, who might be looking for opportunities. Absolutely. I think that's so that's so true is that you can be a champion going forward because often we don't know where our careers are going and we might be in roles of leadership at some point in our careers. And we like you do think about those experiences and you you consider those and, and maybe how if you're involved in policy making and things like that. Terrific. And and Kathleen, where do you see your career developing now yourself? Where do you see yourself uh, doing long term practice? So I'm obviously very keen on doing rural practice. What that's to look like and where I'm going to practice, I'm not too sure. I'm right now I'm just really working on developing like a really broad base that I can work anywhere and um, be in any type of role. Kind of um, contrary to kind of maybe how I set myself up previously when I was getting into medicine, I'm trying to allow flexibility um, to kind of in order that I can mold myself to the needs of what community I'm going forward. But um, it, within the kind of the, the kind of encouragement to kind of specialize in medicine, sometimes it's it's hard to kind of maintain a very broad base. <laughs> so you're in doing your residency now, is that right? So at what yeah. point at what point do you have to decide where you're going to do your longer term practice? Where you're going to settle in? It's not super straightforward after this point. So the, my residency is two years. Some people in my group they'll be trying to sign on to a practice, maybe like during residency, like they know they, they like they want to go back to their hometown, they want to work in this specific clinic, and they'll sign on and make like longer term contracts. But a, what a lot of people do is um, they'll do what, what's called locuming. And that's kind of like a substitute teacher, but for physicians. So if um, a physician in a clinic is away on say maternity leave, you'll fill in for a couple of months, or if they're going away on vacation, you'll fill in for a couple of weeks. So, and a lot of people do that. And that also gets you, allows you to see different um, locations and what the differences and things you like and dislike about those areas, but also lets you see the different types of practice styles. So you might be able to do a little bit of merge, a little bit of clinic. So that's, I think that's probably what my plan will be to try out a couple of different areas. Interesting. I didn't realize, I didn't know where the, the locum, you know, where, where that quantity of physicians that we need for those temporary placements comes from. And uh, my community in Nova Scotia has relied recently on locums heavily because we've had such a shortage. Now we're, we're starting to have some more success with recruitment. So that need might go down, but among locums. So a lot of them are fairly new graduates of med- medical school. Is that right? 
Yeah, and it can be any stage of practice, but certainly there's a lot of new grads that, that do that, that type of thing before they settle down. Most of us are kind of around the same age. We've like come into medical school kind of our early 20s, like we're graduating residency, maybe our late 20s and then people start to have families and stuff like that after that point and I think kind of once people start having families you're kind of more settled in an area is what I see so you, you have a little bit more flexibility early on your, in your career. Well terrific it's been great like I said we've talked to some of the uh, associations of physicians and, and that sort of thing and, and people who've done studies and we've had different perspectives we hadn't yet had the student perspective on, on promoting rural practice so I really appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, Kathleen and sharing that experience with us and down the road in your career when you do get settled in uh, you know let's reconnect and, and see how that part of your uh, journey is going. It was such a pleasure Helen um, and thank you so much for all your work like promoting rural areas um, it's really really appreciated. Terrific. Thanks very much. Thanks. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.